From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up is Congress inching toward a showdown over government funding. Washington Democrats want to jam through trillions of dollars in reckless spending all by themselves. They can raise the debt limit all by themselves. That was Republican leader Mitch McConnell earlier today on the Senate floor. Is this an opportunity for the quote unquote minority to rein in the majority's out of control spending? We'll talk with Montana Senator Steve Daines, a member of the Senate Finance Committee. We'll also get the latest on the crisis at the border. Believe it or not, the Associated Press is reporting that the claims of the Biden administration are false. The Biden administration said Haitians were being deported when, in fact, many are being let into the country. We'll talk about that. And the House is working on amendments to the National Defense Authorization Act as we speak. One amendment that will not be allowed by the Democrat majority is one to remove the provision that forces girls to register for the draft. Question is, could this put this annual must-pass piece of legislation at risk? We'll talk with Texas Congressman Chip Roy, who has been fighting to remove this provision from the bill. And as the mandates for COVID vaccines spread, the number of requests for religious exemptions multiply. Of course, the media, like the Los Angeles Times, is mocking the religious concerns of believers with headlines like this. There is no Church of Moderna disbelievers. And it goes on to say shame on them, the paper set of Christians and others who have religious convictions about everything from the fetal lines used for these vaccines to the legitimacy of a government mandate. We'll talk about how quickly the left has shifted its attack on people of sincere faith who have concerns about the vaccine and the mandate. Yesterday, we spoke about President Biden's U.N. speech, focusing on his comments about fighting COVID and the absence of his focus on China. Today, I want to take a look at one issue he talked about more than any other, global warming. This year has also brought widespread death and devastation from the borderless climate crisis. The extreme weather events that we have seen in every part of the world, and you all know it and feel it, represent what the Secretary General has rightly called Code Red for humanity. And the scientists and experts are telling us that we're fast approaching a point of no return in a literal sense. We'll talk about what it will cost America for this hyper-focus on the climate with Dr. Dave Bratt, former Virginia congressman and now dean of the Liberty School of Business. The website, TonyPerkins.com. If you miss anything on your way home, it's all archived there at TonyPerkins.com. And by the way, tonight on this week's edition of Pray Vote Stand, we'll take a closer look at the foreign policy of the Biden administration and its implication for Americans and our friends abroad. I'll be joined by Pennsylvania Congressman and retired Brigadier General Scott Perry. Karen Eubank of Free Burma Rangers will join me from Tajikistan. And former Assistant Deputy Secretary of State and now Associate Pastor at Capitol Hill Baptist, Riley Barnes. Join us tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Last night, along party lines, the U.S. House passed a continuing resolution to fund the government through December the 3rd. Now, current funding authorization is set to expire at the end of the month. In addition to funding the government agencies and funding disaster relief and Afghan refugee resettlement, the resolution, listen to this, also suspends the debt limit 
giving the Democrat majority a blank check, enabling them to pass their massive spending bills. Yesterday evening, Senator Shelby and I introduced a continuing resolution that would pass the Senate, that could pass the Senate and prevent a government shutdown. Our legislation would fund the government through December. It would restore the defense, defensive assistance for our ally Israel that House Democrats stripped out to appease some of their worst elements of the far left. <clears throat> As one frustrated Democrat congressman stated yesterday, quote, a missile defense system like Iron Dome defends civilians from missiles, hence the name. Only in a morally inverted universe would this be considered a controversy, end quote. That's a House Democrat describing the action yesterday of House Democrats. And our bill also removes the debt limit language that Democrats have known since July. Since July, will not receive bipartisan support from Senate Republicans. As one of my colleagues put it succinctly, if Washington Democrats want to jam through trillions of dollars in reckless spending all by themselves, they can raise the debt limit all by themselves. That was the Republican leader on the floor of the Senate earlier today. Joining me now to discuss this and much more is U.S. Senator Steve Daines of Montana, a member of the Senate Finance Committee and the chairman of the Pro-Life Caucus in the Senate. Senator, welcome back to the program. Hey, it's good to join you, Tony. Uh, I think the leader laid it out pretty clearly that the continuing resolution is not going to get any support in the Senate. Is that true? That's absolutely true. And uh, the leader and the rest of the Republican Center has been very clear on this, going back to July. And the bottom line is this. If the Democrats are going to push forward on a purely partisan basis, the largest spending bill in the history of our country. Don't let me say that again. The largest spending bill in the history of our country. It's three and a half trillion dollars. And actually, as we've analyzed, it's probably more like four to five trillion dollars. You look at the real financial impact on our country of these massive expansions in the nanny state, free daycare, free community college, Green New Deal and so forth. Uh, if they're going to do that, then they're going to pass this debt ceiling increase on their own without any Republican support. Do they need Republican support to get it through? They don't. So they have this, uh, this parliamentary maneuver called this reconciliation uh, that allows them to do that with, uh, with simply 50 votes, plus, of course, Vice President Kamala Harris breaking the tie. Uh, they can do this on their own. And, Tony, guess what? They're going to do it on their own because you're not going to see a single Republican support their efforts to raise the debt ceiling. So this will fit within the reconciliation measure, a debt, a debt ceiling limit? It does. And, and here's there's two dates coming upon us in terms of kind of, quote, fiscal cliffs. One's the end of the fiscal year of the federal government. That's September 30th. And that would be what they call a CR, continuing resolution to extend basically the spending, the, the budgets for the, the, the day in and day out federal government. The debt ceiling, according to uh, Secretary Yellen, that crisis occurs more likely in the middle or the end of October. There's plenty of time for them to move through the budget committee to put through another provision that would allow them to pass that in plenty of time 
to avoid any of this you know, crisis that Yellen and the Democrats are, 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 are talking about. So they've got enough time. And guess what? They're going to do it with purely Democrat votes because we as Republicans are not going to be complicit in what they're doing here. It's, it's like sending your kids to the mall, Tony, with credit cards with no limits. We're not going to allow the Democrats uh, to have Republicans join them in raising the debt ceiling in this outrageous, reckless spending spree they're on at the moment. Yeah, there's no question that is what it is. Uh, but, Senator Daines, let me lay out, is this the like, most likely scenario, the CR? They take the debt provision out of the CR. Uh, they restore the funding for uh, the Iron Dome system for our ally Israel, and then Republicans support the CR? Or they, they can't do the CR, the continuing resolution on their own, can they? Right. No, they'll, they'll need to have support uh, to get the CR passed as long as they don't have the debt ceiling increase, including if the debt ceiling is part of the CR, you're not going to see Republicans supporting it. So they've got to remove they've got to remove this debt ceiling lift. They also have to reinstate the Iron Dome funding. Tony, you, you heard the speaker quoting a Democrat saying they're morally inverted. Uh, that captured it very well. That's Democrats speaking about what other Democrats are doing when they stripped the Iron Dome funding. And of course, Iron Dome is a missile defense system. It protects innocent civilians from terror attacks, primarily coming from Hamas in the Gaza Strip. So this is a this is a system that protects innocent lives from terrorism. And to right. think the Democrats strip that funding out, what a gut punch to the nation of Israel. Well, and I know that it works because uh, I was there during one of the uh, uprising in the Gaza Strip and uh, one of the rockets, one of the missiles coming in was intercepted by the Iron Dome right where we were. And I, I uh, saw it as we were diving into a uh, bunker. Uh, I, I want to move on to the border. Uh, the, the the Biden administration yesterday saying that uh, Haitians were being uh, turned back. They were being deported. They were sending back home. But the AP, surprisingly, uh, I just I want to read this uh, quote from the AP because I was shocked that uh, they would actually report this. But it says that many Haitian migrants camped in a small Texas border town are being released in the U.S. Two U.S. officials say undercutting the Biden administration's public statements that thousands in the camp faced immediate expulsion. What's happening? Tony, what you just reported is accurate. What we have just discovered, despite the fact we're hearing the Biden administration is are deporting these Haitians back to their home country, there are 9,000 Haitians, as we speak, camped out on our side of the border. Now, here's the hypocrisy of what's going on, Tony. I come from a northern border state, the state of Montana. The Biden administration has shut down the northern border, does not allow Canadian citizens to come into the United States. We want to have them come into places like Montana to do business for tourism dollars. It helps our economy out. Canadians are shut out, even though... Uh, Trudeau allowed American citizens to go into Canada on August 9th. Biden has shut the Canadian border down for Canadians to come into the United States. At the same time, the southern border is wide open. And by the way, the vaccination rate of the Haitians is less than 0.5 percent. Well, on the other hand, the Canadians, it's over 70 percent. So this is, is such inexplicable hypocrisy of what's going on at the moment. Just when we thought things couldn't get worse here we have another uh, crisis on our southern border. And, and the last time I checked, I didn't see the Canadians trying to sneak across the border. 
No, I, you know, we, we've said in Montana, our Canadian friends, if you want to get into the, into Montana, take a flight to Mexico City, come across the southern border. And that's the best way to get into Montana right now based on Biden's policies. Uh, it, it sounds funny, but it's true. Uh, very quickly, another issue. Uh, you, Senator Langford and Hawley, uh, have uh, sent a letter to the Department of Justice, the Attorney General, asking for an investigation into the University of Pittsburgh's procedures regarding the use of fetal tissue. What's going on there? Yeah, well, this is sickening. Uh, information has come, may have been made available here. They're using fetal tissue, fetal body parts for research. Uh, as somebody who is strongly pro-life, I'm a grandfather of two. Our daughter is going to have our, our third grandbaby here in December. We are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. And to think they're taking baby parts here for research is just absolutely reprehensible. And so I'm thankful for my colleagues like Senator Langford, Senator Hawley, who have asked for an investigation of what in the world's going on here uh, at, at, uh, in Pennsylvania. That's illegal. Is it not? It is illegal. It's a violation right. of the law. And, and that is why we've asked the Department of Justice here to investigate. All right. Uh, Senator Steve Daines, always great to talk with you. Thank you for your leadership on Capitol Hill, and thank you for fighting for the unborn. Tony, it's my honor to be here fighting on those who can't fight it for themselves. Appreciate it. All right. Senator Steve Daines, one of the good guys on Capitol. Actually, there's a lot of good men and women on Capitol Hill. All the more reason we need to be praying for them with uh, joyful hearts that we have men and women like that. All right, coming up next, we're going to be talking to another one of those, Congressman Chip Roy, fighting the good fight, trying to get women out of the, uh, the draft. Democrats wanting to force them to register. Don't go away. We're back next. With tech censorship on the rise, we've increasingly seen the cancellation of conservatives and Christians. At Family Research Council, we want to be proactive about making sure big tech doesn't completely silence us. We want to stay connected with you, and so we've created a tech subscription platform. That way, if we are canceled, you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone by signing up for our text alerts. Just text STAND to 67742. Again, text STAND to 67742. And FRC will send you special alerts on the issues of the day. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. We want you to always have access to the content that will help you stand for what's right and keep you connected with like-minded community. Just text STAND to 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Join us for FRC and FRC Action's inaugural Pray Vote Stand Summit. In light of the growing opposition our culture has expressed against biblical principles and to the truth of God's word, we've launched Pray Vote Stand Summit to equip and encourage Christians to respond to this opposition from a biblical worldview. We will address issues such as protecting the unborn, the importance of the nuclear family, domestic and international religious liberty, developments in our nation's education system, and more. We see the need for the restoration of a biblical foundation in our nation and the necessity to equip Christians to effectively engage the culture and understand current events through a biblical lens. Join us at Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia, from October 6th through the 8th for the Pray Vote Stand Summit. Register online at prayvotestand.org slash summit or by calling 877-372-2808.
More than ever before, Christians need to be grounded in the truth of God's word and be prepared to articulate them in a winsome manner. That is why Family Research Council has launched the Center for Biblical Worldview. By applying the Bible and the historical teachings of the church to a wide range of relevant issues, including voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality, the experts at the center have provided resources to help Christians live by a biblical worldview. To understand why scripture must be authoritative and to equip believers to advance and defend the faith in the workplace, in schools, in their communities, and in the public square. Access free resources like the Biblical Worldview series at frc.org worldview. To get highlights of the latest work of the Worldview Fellows, including their latest blogs, op-eds, interviews, and publications, sign up at frc.org subscriptions. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. Website, TonyPerkins.com. I don't know if you've seen this. If you're watching online, you've seen the stand mug. 15 ounces of pure USA-made ceramic. 15 ounces. It, uh, it's a bold cup of coffee. You can have uh, your stand mug every morning if you want. Uh, go to TonyPerkins.com and uh, order you a stand mug and one for your friends. All right, today the U.S. House is uh, voting on amendments to the National Defense Authorization Act. It's the NDAA. This is an annual bill that funds the branches of our military. There's also uh, policy elements that are put into this. Well, the Democrats have stuffed it chock full of radical policies, including a provision that would require women age 18 to 24 to register for the selective service, just as men are currently required to do. Now, we don't have a draft, haven't had a draft since uh, Vietnam, but this is in preparation for it. And I will tell you what, given all of the things that this administration is doing to our military, just like the Obama administration did, it's going to be harder and harder to get men and women to serve. And so I would not be surprised to see a draft come back. Now, I served in the Marine Corps. I volunteered right out of high school. And my children, uh, my daughters, in fact, i got three daughters, if they wanted to join the military, uh, I would be very pleased with that, happy with that. Uh, I, we understand we have a role to serve. A, I believe an obligation to serve our country. But this I would not be okay with, that one of my daughters being forced into a draft and being forced to serve in the military, whether it's in combat or not, because not every person, especially girls, and, and I have nothing, I've served with women, I have nothing wrong, I have no problem with women who want to serve in our nation's military, but they should not be forced to. And I think that says a lot about a nation that would force its daughters to protect them. Well, yesterday, the House Freedom Caucus tweeted, House Freedom Caucus calls on GOP members to oppose NDAA, hold the Biden administration accountable for failed military withdrawal, don't force women into combat and don't support turning our military into a progressive social experiment. And I applaud them for that. And the one leading the charge on this is Congressman Chip Roy, who represents the 21st District of Texas. He serves on the House Judiciary Committee and the Veterans Affairs Committee. Chip, welcome back to the program. Great, John, Tony. Hope you're doing well. 
I am. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, this. I understand that the amendments were all kind of sorted through today, and there is no amendment to the NDAA that's going to be considered by the House that would take this provision of forcing our daughters into the draft. Nothing is going to be considered on. Is that right? You're right, Tony. Inexplicably, the uh, NDAA, of course, includes the provision you just described well. It would, for the first time in the history of our country, uh, force conscription upon uh, women and our wives, our daughters, our mothers, our sisters. Uh, and uh, to do so, I, of course, uh, oppose strongly. Uh, we offered amendments to strip that provision out. We offered amendments then to say we should abolish the draft, uh, whatever it would take to try to end this foolish policy. Uh, the Democrats refused to even entertain those amendments, even though, by the way, there were 800 amendments offered, and they had 400 amendments they accepted to go through on the floor of the House. They refused for us to be able to have a debate on the floor of the House uh, on this issue. They want to sweep it under the rug. And unfortunately, all too many of our Republican colleagues are willing to go along with this under the guise of, well, it, you know, we're not in charge of the House. We can't control this. Look, let me be very clear to all your listeners out there. In my view, a vote for this National Defense Authorization Act is a vote to draft your daughter, your sister, your mother, uh, and and your wife, and, and we should not do that. And, and having been around a long time and watched a lot of this, I know how this plays out. A lot of the Republicans, and I, I, I'm with you, I agree with you, um, a lot of the Republicans are saying, well, but at election time, when I run for election, my opponent is going to say I voted against the military because I voted against the NDAA. No, you're exactly right. That's, of course, what they do, which which basically means we can never oppose the NDAA because it has a troop pay raise or because it's for something we all believe strongly in, which is making sure our military is strong. Uh, but we can't allow that to become the standard or you can allow Democrats to do what they're doing right here. And frankly, Republicans allowing them to by jamming it full of social engineering. That's how yeah. we ended up with a woke military. Let me be very clear. You're right. This is how we allow it and we do it because every time and we'll, we have colleagues of mine, friends of yours, friends of mine, and I, I love them dearly. Now, sitting down off the House floor and I was in the cloakroom and several of our friends are going to vote for it, saying, oh, well, how do I go home and say I'm voting against a pay raise for the troops? OK, well, you might as well just take your member card and just hand it over because you just said you'll vote for anything because it's uh, uh, NDAA for our men and women in uniform. That is silly. We should not vote for a bill that has provisions in it like this that will continue this woke nonsense. Now, there's more in this, of course, than just the drafting of our daughters. There's more objectionable aspects of the NDAA. As you pointed out, the Democrats are in charge. They've, they've stuffed all kinds of stuff in it. This has not been voted on yet. People can communicate with their members of Congress that they have concerns about how the military is being turned into this laboratory for social experimentation. What's the time frame here? How much time do people have to call their members of Congress? Uh, they need to call them right now. They need to call them tomorrow. We're probably voting on this tomorrow, certainly by Friday at the latest. Uh, but I think we might vote on it by tomorrow evening. And look, there is also a provision in here that has mandatory red flag provisions to take the guns away from our men and women in uniform. Gun owners of America is scoring against this. We've already talked about draft our daughter. We're throwing $25 billion at the Department of Defense right on the heels 
of the biggest failure in our military's leadership history in terms of abandoning, tucking tail and running and leaving $85 billion of assets in the hands of the Taliban. And we have no accountability for either Millie or Austin. In what world should we be doing that and supporting this bill? I cannot imagine. And I'm trying to encourage my Republican colleagues to oppose it. All right. Congressman Chip Roy, always great to talk with you. Thank you for uh, running point on uh, this important issue. Well, thank you and Family Research Council for standing up in defense of, of our of our women and making sure that the American people know the truth. Thank you very much. All right. Congressman Chip Roy of Texas. And again, to be clear, the objection is not about women serving in the military. I'm happy for women who feel called to that and want to do that. And again, I would support my daughters if they made that decision. But I will not tolerate the government drafting my daughters to fight our nation's wars. I, I just won't I won't tolerate it. And I think that uh, I think we could be moving in that direction, given what they're doing to men and women in the military who are resigning. There is going to be a retention and a recruitment crisis around the corner. All right. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about religious exemptions, the media mocking people of faith over the vaccine mandates and their objections. That's next. Don't go away. Do you want to be able to stay up to date on conservative news? Are you looking for Christian resources to help you stay politically engaged? Then download Family Research Council's Stand Firm app. With all of our content available at your fingertips, you will conveniently be able to stay up to date throughout your busy day. The Stand Firm app will give you access to a variety of resources, such as our most recent episodes of Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, tweets and other social media posts, and our latest blogs, updates, and publications. Additionally, you will have the opportunity to take action and make your voice heard by contacting your elected officials on the issues that most concern you. Visit the App Store on your smartphone or mobile device and search Stand Firm to download Family Research Council's official Stand Firm app. Have you ever tried to read the Bible daily? but struggled to get in a groove? It can be hard, especially if you don't know where to start or how to understand and apply what you've read. Or maybe it's just that doing it alone has made it too easy to give up. Well, let me encourage you. You don't have to do this daily discipline alone. You can join Family Research Council's Stand on the Word two-year Bible reading plan. God's Word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said we are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread, because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually, just like food does physically. That is why we want to read the Bible daily, and we'd love for you to join us so we can stay grounded in God's truth and grow closer to God together. Our hope is that this plan will help you be transformed by God's Word, by reading and hearing it daily. Sign up to get the daily passages and questions today by visiting frc.org Bible. That's frc.org Bible. Welcome back. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. Well, first it was the lockdowns in an effort to stem the spread of COVID. Then it was the mask, and now it's the vaccines. The government said all levels, local, state, and federal, are mandating dictates from D.C. to local city halls, and the rest of us are just expected to follow them. 
or else. And of course, the media, the media is uh, helping them along. I mean, you may have seen the headlines, uh, I guess, earlier this week, Monday, uh, where they're now claiming that the number of deaths uh, from COVID have exceeded the deaths of the Spanish flu back in 1918. What they haven't talked about, though, is really looking at that from a standpoint of the percentage of the population. It is quite significant when you look at the numbers. And I just want to share this because the media is about scaring people. All right. They're about scaring people. The U.S. death toll, this is according to the uh, the National Archives, estimates about one quarter of the U.S. population was infected back in 1918 with the uh, influenza epidemic. All right. Uh, one quarter of the population about uh, 25.8 million Americans died. That's about 0.6% of the population. That was back in 1918. Well, let's fast forward to the COVID epidemic and the current figures, the epidemic in America has infected 8.9%, all right? One quarter versus 8.9%. And in terms of the number of Americans that have died and, and all of them are significant, I don't downplay that. But it's 0.16% of the population as opposed to 0.6. Quite significant. And so as the media scares people and those in the uh, religious community begin to express opposition or concern about either the vaccine or the mandate and want to uh, seek a religious exemption, well, now the media is mocking them for doing so. Uh, and by the way, let me again say this so that YouTube doesn't take this down and doesn't get all the flags. I'm not against the vaccine. I'm just against mandates. I'm for people being able to make their own decisions based upon what they inject into their own bodies. Joining me now to talk about this in the issue of the religious exemption is Liberty Council Assistant VP of Legal Affairs, Roger Gannam. Uh, Roger, welcome to the program. Hi, Tony. Thanks for having me. All right, so the media is mocking people who are wanting to exercise their religious concerns or seek a religious exemption. Uh, uh, let's talk about the, the, the reality of how many people are concerned about this from a religious perspective and how that's being treated by government entities. Well, Tony, first of all, you make a great point about the percentage of the population uh, no doubt we're getting hundreds of calls a day from concerned employees who are seeking religious exemptions from mandatory shot mandates, either from their employer or for the government. That still represents a tiny fraction of the workforce. So it's not like being generous or really just following what the law requires and granting religious exemptions is going to create this, this huge dangerous condition. The fact of the matter is uh, all employers around the country have been taking other measures for the better part of two years and providing safe workplaces, uh, these vaccine mandates now really seem arbitrary because they've been able to provide safe workplaces before the vaccine mandate, and there's no reason why they can't continue to provide a safe workplace while granting religious exemptions as the law requires. The the media, again, mocking those who are have religious concerns about these vaccines or these mandates are saying that these unvaccinated are a threat to the rest of society. And, and I, I fail to follow the logic. If you're vaccinated, you're supposed to be protected from the virus. So how is someone who is not vaccinated a threat to you? 
Yeah, that's a great question uh, because the vaccine was originally presented to us as a way to to stop COVID, but the government really backed off of that. And even the latest data shows that the vaccine doesn't stop the spread of COVID. It might make the person who receives it less sick, and then maybe it protects them uh, from dying. And those are good things. Those are persuasive reasons for someone to go voluntarily get a vaccine. But unvaccinated workers are not dangerous to vaccinated workers, as you've pointed out. And the burden is on the government and the burden is on the employer when they want to mandate a vaccine. The burden's on them to prove that unvaccinated employees are more dangerous. And they can't carry that burden because the latest data that's coming out shows that it's not true. So, Roger, what do people need to do if they have religious concerns? I think it might be a religious exemption that they're seeking. What, how do they find out more? Uh, well, first of all, anyone can go to our website at lc.org slash exempt and find a number of resources. We have a video. We have sample exemption requests, uh, even sample uh, pastor letters for people that want to involve their church. But an important point about that is that no one can be required to justify an individual personal religious belief uh, by getting a pastor or a religious leader to sign off on it. Uh, the law protects individual religious beliefs, not group religious beliefs. So even if a person disagrees with uh, that person's denomination or that person's pastor, that should not legally prevent that person from getting a religious exemption. Sometimes, however, if the employer requires that in order to grant the exemption, sometimes it's just easier to play along to get it rather than, than choose that hill to die on. But it really shouldn't be required. But all of those resources are on our website, and, uh, and we have seen some success in, uh, in, in representing employees against employers who have draconian uh, restrictions on religious exemptions, and uh, we hope to continue to do that. Roger, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate the work that Liberty Council does on behalf of religious freedom. And uh, we'll certainly encourage people to check out that website for those that have questions about the religious exemption. Thank you, Tony. And folks, I encourage you to do that. Uh, check out the website. Lots of, uh, there's a number of good organizations like Liberty Council, Alliance Defending Freedom, First Liberty that are out there that can help you in making those decisions and uh, taking the necessary actions. All right, former Congressman Dave Bratt joins us next to talk about the president and his global warming agenda. That's next. Don't go away. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student? Specifically, one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to influence public policy and culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12- to 15-week internship program that prepares and equips students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview trainings, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns will have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls them. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving interns the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. Is real biblical masculinity lost forever? In this culture of gender confusion, there are too few examples of godly manhood. So where can men, husbands, and fathers find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength in this culture? Try our Stand Courageous Men's Ministry. We seek to help men develop a strong biblical character 
cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. We invite you to join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who struggle with the same issues you do and will invest in unpacking our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can have a generational influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. With tech censorship on the rise, we've increasingly seen the cancellation of conservatives and Christians. At Family Research Council, we want to be proactive about making sure big tech doesn't completely silence us. We want to stay connected with you, and so we've created a tech subscription platform. That way, if we are canceled, you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone by signing up for our text alerts. Just text STAN to 67742. Again, text STAN to 67742. And FRC will send you special alerts on the issues of the day. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. We want you to always have access to the content that will help you stand for what's right and keep you connected with like-minded community. Just text STAND to 67742 and be the most informed person you know. You're listening to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. The website, TonyPerkins.com. By the way, I didn't mention this uh, as I was talking with Congressman uh, Chip Roy. Uh, at the website, we've got a, uh, a contact your members link. So if you want to contact them about the NDAA and, and express your concern about what's in it and forcing our daughters into the draft, you can either go to TonyPerkins.com and follow the links over, or I can give you the switchboard number to the Capitol, which is 202-224-3121. That's 202-224-3121. And as I've, uh, I haven't said it today, but I've said it a lot, is our republic was made for participants, not spectators. So this is where you need to be involved. There's also a good reason to have the Stand Firm app. Because these types of alerts, we will send them automatically to you if you want them with the action items right at your fingertips. So it's very simple. We make participation in our government very easy for you. So download that Stand Firm app. As I mentioned yesterday, President Biden delivered his first address to the United Nations. Typically, presidents use this annual moment of world attention to make a a big splash by announcing bold new policies. But as we covered on the program yesterday, Biden's speech was a bit of a a belly flop. You know, one topic Biden mentioned that uh, we didn't go into great detail yesterday was that of global warming. Because I wanted to have a longer discussion about the implications of the Biden administration's environmental policies and, and their focus. Because it's not just the climate. This has an impact upon our economy. It has an impact upon our freedom. It it has an impact upon so many aspects of American life, even national security. Joining me now to talk about this is uh, Dave Bratt, former congressman from Virginia, and now the dean of the School of Business at Liberty University, my alma mater. Dave, welcome back to the program. Hey, thank you, Tony. Great to be on. I'm sure you watched with great interest the president's speech yesterday before 
the global body of the United Nations. Uh, The president's spending a lot of his time on the issue of global warming. I want to play, just to get us started here, I want to play one clip of uh, kind of the beginning of his speech, clip number three. Instead of continuing to fight the wars of the past, we are fixing our eyes on devoting our resources to the challenges that hold the keys to our collective future. Ending this pandemic, addressing the climate crisis, managing the shifts in global power dynamics, shaping the rules of the world on vital issues like trade, cyber, and emerging technologies, and facing the threat of terrorism as it stands today. Now, I know those words ring hollow. He's a guy that can't even shut the gate at the southern border and uh, get our people out of Afghanistan. Um, What's going on here, Dave? Yeah, well, he gave it away. I don't even think they know uh, the words they're using. He said, this is for our collective future. I don't want a collective future, right? Uh, You can go back to Reinhold Niebuhr, moral man and immoral society, et cetera. I want a future where my individual rights are protected uh, before the law. And that is the system that emerged, you know, 250 years ago uh, that enshrined uh, our country in law and then made us the richest country in the world. And everyone else that follows that cookbook is rich. And so really, uh, his speech is the set of omission. And when you when you talk about global warming or et cetera, it just dawned on me last week, even the, the term globalism, no one knows what it is. There's no definition to it. And so what it really is, is it is an attack on the United States of America and our sovereignty, because we're still a Christian nation at base. Our institutions are founded upon all those premises. And so the the global order is an attack to get rid of this thing uh, called the United States of America. And so, in addition, I mean, obviously, he, he ignored the, the biggest issues in a foreign policy speech in front of the United Nations, which is China. Uh, that's right. the 8,000-pound gorilla in the room. And so, you know, we can go down there, but they're the biggest global polluter, emitter, everything. They got clouds of billowing smoke in every city. They don't pay anything. And so when he brings up the environment, I mean, the, the environment, everybody knows. It's just another way to get another trillion dollars up uh, money governed through D.C. and the swamp for the Democrats because the Republicans in good conscience can't go along with it. There is an economic aspect to this global warming. I know we look at it because it's a big green deal. You know, we look at, uh, you know, we, we, we almost are dismissive of it because it's so crazy. Yeah. But the economic ramifications for this, what this would do to the U.S. economy um, is, well, the re- that's where I have you on. School of Business, Dean of the School of Business. This would kill America's economy. Yeah, no, that, that's right. And so just in normal times right now, we have a trillion dollars deficit built in year by year by year. On top of that, we're going to do an infrastructure bill for another trillion. Then the Dems and the AOCs and the Pelosi's want three and a half trillion on top of that to do this green initiative. Well, it turns out 3.5 trillion is really 5 trillion. And so since I left, you have a new 10 trillion on top of the 20 trillion debt we already had. They want to lop on another 10 trillion 
And so you saw a little crack in the armor yesterday with China in the real estate sector uh, and a bubble developing over there, right? And our markets went hiccup. Uh, and then today, the Federal Reserve uh, did what they shouldn't have done. They said, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to tighten and we're not going to go back to normal now. And they got a little excuse because of yesterday. Uh, but the point is, we're living on borrowed time, period. There's no good time uh, to get back to the fundamentals. It's just a matter of how much more harm you want to lock upon the next generation of kids. The longer we wait to pay the price, we have a price to pay, right? I mean, it's just almost biblical, right? It's just biblical justice. We have a price to pay. We need to pay it. We need to come clean. We've, we have not been good stewards. And so we need to come clean now. We cannot continue to add 10 trillion more in the next few years of commitments against the kids. And so you're right. It is, it's pure economics, uh, but it's all value driven. And the whole thing is meant to topple uh, the city on a hill, God's country, right? We, we still have a chance. Right, God, God gave Israel a chance always repent, come back to me, uh, and we can still do that as a country. We the majority is still there, but they got to get a backbone. They got to get some spiritual guts. And so, tell all your Christian friends, it's time right now. It is time, brothers and sisters, uh, for you to take action. Like Tony said in the last segment, take action, get in your churches, and start lighting it up. Yeah, it begins. It begins with prayer. And in fact, tonight yeah. uh, on our Pray Vote Stand Edition, we'll be talking about uh, our foreign policy and its implications for us, and we'll be praying about Good. that, so I invite folks to join us. Yeah. But when we look at, you talk about the massive debt that we have, you know, we, we, the way to eliminate that is, is one, you cut spending, but yeah. two, you grow your economy so your revenue right. increases. Right. The problem with this approach, this this uh, this hyper focus on the climate, and I don't deny the fact that there's warming, okay, and 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 it and, and it's part of it is that we're here, we occupy this planet, and there's more of us here, and it creates warmth, yeah. and and there's fossil fuels out there, but one thing they don't talk about is how we've reduced emissions over the yeah. last fifty years, and how we've yeah. made great progress through technology. By the same, at the same time, growing our economy. But if we follow their path, not only we, we cut away fossil fuels, we eliminate jobs, private sector jobs, and we create yeah. government jobs, which requires more spending. And so yeah. we're raising the spending and we're not creating more government revenue. No, that's right. Now, I, I, I want to go back to the last little piece, too, on the you mentioned prayer. And one of our students at Liberty, we had a session on free markets and freedom and all this a week ago. One of the students said, what's, what's the best policy? What's the best? What do you suggest best policy for conservatives to get back on track? And I said, I, I, I can't believe I'm going to tell you this. Uh, but the best way to do it is to turn more people into Christians. Uh, because that is what it takes. It's that conversion of the soul to see the truth, right? The Holy Spirit comes in. And that allows us to see the truth clearly. Until we have right. that, right, no policy is going to get this right. So I just want to thanks for uh, putting that on the table. But, yeah, the economic growth is made up of three things. It's increase in capital, you know, tools, equipment, et cetera, uh, increase in population or, and human capital is included, and then increase in productivity. And this country is doing nothing to enhance any of that, right? And that's what you're getting at with this uh, – 
global warming and environmental stuff and all that. It's a total misallocation away from the market. Uh, everyone said we're going to, you know, you, you know, we're going to run out of this, that, and the other thing back in the seventies. All the liberals right. were screaming back in the sixties movement and all that. And it turns out that human genius, along with God's divine providence, always shows that if 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 you come together and try to do the right thing for the right reasons, there's always a solution. It's like God provides the solution. And in our well, family, said- it's kind of clear, right? We got natural gas and nuclear and clean everything. We got an abundance the scriptures, of energy. The left is just nonsense. The scripture says that those things are hidden for kings to yeah. discover. Good, uh, and and right. God has put those things there. And yeah. uh, you're absolutely right. When we look at, I'm going to go back to what you said about the prayer and the focus of our spiritual yeah. nature, because right. politics is downstream from the culture and the culture is downstream yeah. from the church. Right. And this is where we go back to, uh, you know, Second Chronicles, a verse that we know so well, 714, if my people. You know, often as yeah. Christians who, especially today, when you look at the media, social media, the legacy media, we appear to be in the minority. And certainly in that realm, we are. Yeah. But God says he has entrusted the power to his people yeah. to turn to him in repentance and really transform a nation. You're right. It is sharing the yeah. gospel. It is living out the gospel as lives are transformed. Then we, we read, you know, in the scripture about how people are blinded. I mean, Romans talks about yeah, that in Romans right. 1, and we see where we're at on that path. So you're absolutely right. We have to do both. We've got yeah. to be first and foremost sharing the gospel, living it out, at the same time affecting that public policy. Yeah, no, that's right. Romans, uh, God gave them up to an unsound mind, and that's right where we are today. Everyone says, what in the world's going on, Dave? I say, it's, it's right there. It's, it's sitting right there. And I refer everybody to this new show, uh, The Chosen. It's just, it's just, it's just awesome, awesome show. The Chosen. It's on your. You can get it as an app on your phone. Everybody needs to go there. Uh, and you see, Jesus chose twelve of us, twelve very fallen, frail human beings, and he changed the world by spreading the gospel. And 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 Rome looked at us and said. Hey, we kind of like these Christians after all. You know, 300 years later, Constantine is the first Holy Roman Empire. And he's a god, right? The Holy Roman Emperor is a god in those days. And he takes a knee before the true god. And so Jesus starts with 12 guys uh, that don't particularly look promising in human terms and transforms the entire globe such that the calendar, as we know it, starts at zero because of one person who also is God. And so that is our tradition. That's been our guardrails. That's our hope. That's our reality. Jesus promised the spirit to us uh, if we turn to him. And that spirit is alive and ready to come to anyone sitting out there today. Just ask, and it's there. And that's the promise. And that will turn this country around. And walking in that promise, we have that hope that you spoke of, that hope that springs eternal. And regardless of what the circumstances may be around us, we know that the power of the Holy Spirit residing within us, we have the ability to face those challenges and even see the transformation as we share the truth and stand for the truth. Uh, Dave Bratt, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh, joining me today. Thanks for having me on, Tony. Keep leading like you do. God bless you. And thanks for everybody for listening. All right. Uh, Former Congressman Dave Bratt, now Dean of the School of Business at Liberty University. And, you know, 
first things first, and I, I'm glad Dave, uh, you know, brought that into the conversation, is that uh, the transformation of the hearts and minds through the gospel of Jesus Christ is, is fundamental. And, um, you know, I have people all the time tell me, Man, how, how is it they cannot see this in Washington, D.C.? How is it they cannot see how clearly this is, you know, you name it, is wrong? It is the spiritual blindness. You know, the scripture makes that very, very clear. The only thing that takes off those scales is the truth, the light. And so we need to be praying for our leaders, and I do. Uh, You know, it's sometimes difficult, but we need to be praying for those leaders, even those we disagree with, but praying that they might see the light, they might hear the truth, and their lives might be transformed by it. And even if they personally won't accept the truth, that the Lord would direct them to make the right decisions that will be beneficial to us as a nation. We as a nation, as we align ourselves with biblical truth, whether it's done intentionally or unintentionally, we still benefit from that as a nation. Now, I think it's better if we do it intentionally and we seek God and we have those in office and in positions of leadership that will seek him. But we can still pray that God would lead them and have mercy upon this nation. Share the gospel. Live out the gospel. Do not be bashful about who you are in Christ Jesus. It is the power that will transform lives and nations. All right, again, join us tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern time for this week's edition of Pray, Vote, Stand. We'll be looking at the implications of the foreign policy decisions of this administration. We're joined by Congressman Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, also Karen Eubank of uh, Free Burma Rangers. She's actually going to join us from Tajikistan. Also be joined by Riley Barnes, who is a pastor in Washington, D.C. Until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.